Hello, and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. Connor, you're making some weird hand motions. I don't know. I'm just so used to this. All right. All right. I mean, yeah, you gotta, gotta keep things fresh. As always, you know what? You, you, you say your name first. We gotta, we gotta liven things up a little oh bit. Oh my God. This is a transfer of power. My name is Connor and this is my podcast now. I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty split. I mean, it is. 50, yeah. 50. For sure. All right. My name is Chris Alphick. This week, we're bringing you episode 16, in which we're covering April 16th, also 17th, 18th, <laughs> and, you know, up to the 22nd. A bunch of other days. Yeah, a whole week, if you will, in 1996. Uh, without further apu. Wow. April 16th. Madonna announces that she is four months pregnant by Carlos Leon, her then boyfriend and trainer. Ooh. Do you think it counted as training? Like, we're going to do some... Oh, yeah, yeah. Some, like, some cardio, some... Kegels. Some leg work. Oh, Kegels. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's offside. Carlos, you, you really want me to do a lot of Kegels. Trust me, it's worth it. Oh. Uh, also, on this date, Modest Mouse released their first album. This is a long drive for someone with nothing to think about. That's why I'm glad my car has Bluetooth. And lastly, the NBA's 95-96 Chicago Bulls, led by Michael Jordan, go on to set a new NBA record for the most wins in a season, uh, achieving their 70th win. That is a lot of wins. That's a lot of wins. It's like 70 of them. About. Let's move on to April 17th. What's happening? Election panel finds Buchanan campaign. The presidential campaign of conservative Republican commentator Patrick J. Buchanan has agreed to pay a $20,000 fine to the FEC for not letting him be. More specifically, for improper contributions to his 1992 campaign. We make that joke with alarming frequency. We just need to let we be we. Well... All right, let me see. In the announcement, the agreement uh, Tuesday, the FEC said Buchanan's 1992 campaign had accepted $8,166 in contributions from corporations, which are prohibited by federal campaign finance law. 53000 and something in contributions from individuals exceeding the $1,000 per person giving limit. You gotta give $27, right? 27 bucks. Yeah, that's that's the sweet spot. Uh, and also $53,000 in improper in-kind contributions to the campaign. Uh, the later uh, were campaign expenses picked up by Buchanan himself and two aides. Nice. Jesus. All right, April 18th. Apple Peg's loss is $740 million to cut 2,800 jobs. As new chairman and chief executive Gilbert Emilio insisted that the worst is over, troubled Apple Computer Inc. on Tuesday posted a worse-than-expected loss of $740 million for its second quarter and announced 2,800 layoffs, 1,500 more than projected. Ooh. So that that is vicious. Yeah. The double dose of bad news announced after the stock market closed marked the biggest shortfall in the Cupertino, California computer maker's 20-year history. That sucks. Um, luckily, uh, I think, yeah, we mentioned Apple either, like, it last was, it week. It was last week. Yeah, and that was 98 after Steve Jobs came back. This is 96 before Steve Jobs came back, and we can see what a difference only two years could make. Well, I mean, people need jobs. Uh, 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 2,800 people need jobs womp womp. do you think any of them got their jobs back after like apple you know regained some of its fl- former glory you'd have to think some of them i, I hope so because i mean that'd be that'd be all right yeah uh oh, oh shit what's happening on april 19th diaper business is slipping first apple now diapers 
Worried that disposable diapers were filling America's landfills to their brims, many new parents signed up with diaper services in the early 90s to do their bit for Mother Earth. These days, these ki- that kind of political correctness seems to be out, along with diaper services. When people were concerned about the environment and what was going into landfills, the diaper service was much more popular, lamented James Nowakowski, owner of the Santa Ana-based Tidy Didy Diaper Service, which serves Orange and San Diego counties. Now people just want convenience. That's a, I feel like this is a common theme for the 90s. It is, but in lighter news, these sort of services are flourishing again. I mean, similar thing. I've never seen, as I guess, I don't know that many people with newborns and young kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these kinds of services, I think, are rebounding. We've got mail order stuff uh, just due to the internet is a lot better. Like things like Loot Crate and various like blank of the month things. And I guess this kind of fits that bill too, doesn't it? Yeah. April 20th. Are You Afraid of the Dark aired its final episode of its original run today, uh, and it was called The Tale of Badge. It was brought back for an additional two seasons in 99. Also, Power Rangers Zeo started today, and we have an article about it. Can the Rangers Zeonize back to mere hit status? I don't know if that's a word. It is not. Just when you thought it was safe to let your kids turn on the TV or go into toy stores, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers come back with a vengeance. Is there anyone with kids between 3 and 12 who hasn't heard Go Go Power Rangers sung around the house? Or who hasn't been talked into buying at least one of the action figures depicting the teenage band of good guys and gals who find power in strange places and use it to save the world from villains like Rita Repulsa? Season number 4 for the series, which runs weekdays and on Saturday mornings, officially begins today. And there is much new about everything. The Power Rangers become Power Rangers Zeo, a new source of power is unleashed, uh, that of the Zeo Crystal, a new fleet of Zords are introduced, those are obviously the vehicles commanded by the Rangers, new uniform and color assignments will be given, and more villains and monsters will arise. Oh yeah. Not not, uh, rebooting the whole thing, but refreshing. Yeah, I mean, things were switched around a bit. This was basically the end of the sort of traditional costumes that we saw in the Mighty Morphin era. Uh, also, there were, as the article alludes to, colory assignments with um, Tommy being the Red Ranger, no longer the White Ranger. Pink Ranger is still basically the same. Adam is now the Blue Ranger. Billy just decides not to be a Ranger, basically. Yeah, he was sick of getting harassed for being homosexual. So I don't know if that's exactly how they worked it into the TV show probably, slot, but unfortunately that was the case, or supposedly the case. He still stayed on the show for a while, though. Really? Yeah, he uh, throughout most of this season, he was on the show, but he was kind of as oh, like wasn't a, he like an advisor? Yeah, he was like a technical. Like he yeah, just yeah. hung out in the in the. It wasn't the command center. It was the power chamber. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and he would hang out there until he went to live with some alien on an alien planet, which was yeah. Rumor has it apparently he was harassed due to his sexual orientation, which is kind of garbage. Very shitty. Yeah. Uh, but in lighter news, I have seen the new Power Rangers movie, and in darker news, I just lied to you. Yep. Um, here's the, okay. Here's the deal. So I looked it up. Tally and I have agreed only to go to landmark cinemas. Fuck Cineplex. Those guys are dicks. Landmark is where it's at. The seats are bigger. They're comfier. They fully recline and they have footrests. They're like big lazy boys. But Landmark is not playing Power Rangers, so I'm gonna have to go to Cineplex, and I haven't come to terms with it yet. That's, I mean, that's what that's about. Yeah, Cineplex is Cineplex. Yeah. We talked a lot about Power Rangers last week. Uh, I think. 
We're going to keep it strictly 90s Power Rangers talk this week and not mention anything about the new one. I'm so excited for the next story. Oh, all right. And I guess without uh, any more delays, we will move on to April 21st. Suit by orgasm sufferer thrown out. This is out of Milwaukee. A 73-year-old woman who claims she began having spontaneous orgasms after an electronic bingo board fell on her (laughs) won't get her day in court. Circuit judge Patrick J. Madden threw out Mary Verdev's lawsuit last week against the St. Florian Catholic Church because she repeatedly failed to undergo the psychological examination he ordered. Uh, Verdev says she suffered nearly $90,000 in injuries when a 300-pound board fell off the stage during a bingo night in 1990. She also claimed that she found herself sexually attracted to women and experienced spontaneous orgasms, sometimes in clusters. <laughs> I think, I don't, I don't even think we add anything. I think we just move on. That's the end of it, I think. Yeah, just cut it right just there. Just cut it. April 22nd. Avocados go online. This is a much, this is an amazing story. Okay, so more and more people are using the internet to get information about computer products and to check airfares and hotel rates. But are there really people out there scouring cyberspace for more information about avocados? I love avocados. I do too. Yes, says Catherine Courtney, director of sales operations for Calavo Growers. I mean, California avocado, I'm guessing. Oh, okay. Calavo? It's a weird word. Yeah. Do not like. Yeah, uh, combining California and avocado... Cavocado. Everybody knows yeah, that. Yeah, Cavocado. Anyway, Calvo Growers, a Tustin-based cooperative that controls 40% of the U.S. avocado market. That is a large chunk. Of the avocado game? Yeah. In fact, there was such a pressing need for avocado info that the organization launched an elaborate worldwide website last month. Also known as a website. There's a page of avocado recipes, a game page where visitors can play tic-tac-toe with avocado symbols, and an avocado market outlook page filled with price and shipment forecasts. A recent edition forecast a price rise by midsummer. The Calvo website can be found at http colon slash slash calvo.com. That's pretty cool. Website is still up. Oh, is checked, it? oh yeah, I checked nice. that out. Um I love avocados. They so are much. delicious. If I ever move to like an appropriate climate, the first thing I do, assuming I have like space, is plant an avocado tree. Alright, let's slide into movies and music. This week's going to be a different one. Yeah, this, we're gonna this talk week we've about, got something special for you. We're going to keep talking about fruits, I guess. Yeah. Is, it not, is avocado a fruit? I don't know. Well, we're going to keep it talking does, about whatever It does have a seed, yeah. so I think that makes it a fruit. Yeah. So in, in coming backstage with us, in talking for the show, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do for movies and music. For movies, we both noticed that James and the Giant Peach is on the list. Yeah, it's currently at number three this week. And we both have a story that very tangentially relates to it, but is very funny. Yeah, and we're just going to go with it. Connor, you tell the story way better than I so, do. Um, we were we were both there. This, yeah, Good day. This story is called James oh. and the Naked Peaches. So being from Niagara Falls, there are certain things that you are privy to in the summertime. Tourists shitty jobs uh one of these things come august though is peaches the Mm. fruit here is fucking delicious yeah we have a a microclimate in between we're located in between two great lakes and that provides apparently a good climate for growing things like wine or wine grapes peaches and other fruits that may not necessarily grow we grow plums here and obviously a bunch of berries whatever anyway so every august peaches are abundant 
And there are there are lots of people who have like a peach tree just in their yard. And there are a lot of peach growers as well. So sometimes, you know, late summer, you're driving around, it's like three in the morning. Maybe you stop in front of someone's house and you run out and you grab a peach. Well, we were doing this at about 3 a.m. And our friend... I it was only like midnight maybe, but... Was it really? It seemed really late, but I don't know if it oh, was... Oh, you might be right. Anyway, uh, okay, so night. it's definitely at least midnight. Our friend proclaims that he is James, a uh, man of the naked peaches, and in a minivan full of six men, uh, he disrobes, which is not a comfortable scene. And unfortunately has not become an uncommon thing. As uh, we, we get we get a lot of weird snaps. Anyway, this particular friend of ours, who is very hairy, I'm adding that in just to paint a picture for you, uh, disrobes, gets out of the van. Oh, and there were friends who we were meeting. Who he who had met for the first time. He was literally meeting was meeting time. for the first time. He gets out of the van, not even wearing shoes, sprints up to this tree naked, grabs peaches while he's doing so. I don't think it was me. I think it was someone else. I don't think it was you either. But someone said, close the door. And we did. And we drove away. And we felt bad 30 seconds later. So we came back. It was, he had to, he had to do naked jumping jacks at the side of the road. Like, and and a little traffic island. On a rural highway. We made him do (laughs) jumping jacks. Like, he's still holding these peaches. It was so absurd. Why did he get naked? He was also super enthusiastic about it. He was very excited. It didn't seem like it was a problem. It was weird. Like, it was one of those things where it was like, ah, we're going to dare you to do this. But then he did it and enjoyed it, and that made us feel weird about it. Mm -hmm. So we let him get back in the van. And eventually he he stayed naked for a while. For too long. Mm -hmm. It was a very weird time. So that's that's the story. Yeah, uh, that was uh, barely related to James and the Giant Peaches. I feel like we need to at least touch on it. Have you seen James and the Giant Peaches? Uh, Giant Peach? James and the Giant Peach? Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I really liked the animation style. It was really good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, one last thing to add. Our friend is actually not in any way named James. He really isn't. Like, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, it's not even... Oh, I mean, obviously, the Peaches, but... Yeah, like, uh, doesn't even start with that letter of the alphabet. Very peculiar. Anyway, let's move on to music. Yeah, so let's... the Billboard top 200 albums in the number one spot, uh, Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette. At number two, we have the worst excuse for sex in the 1990s, and that is Falling Into You, an album by Celine Dion. At three, we have The Score by Fugees. At number four, we have Anthology 2 by The Beatles. I assume this is a greatest hits. Ooh, at five, uh, Tiny Music, Songs from the Vatican Gift Shop by Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> I didn't know Stone Temple Pilots were a thing in the 90s. Oh, yeah. That shows what I know. Uh, six, Resurrection by the Ghetto Boys, which does not have Damn, I Feel Good to Be a Ga- or Damn, Feels Good to Be a Gangster from uh, Office Space. I love Office Space. Me too. Uh, Mariah Carey's yeah. Daydream. Mariah Ugh, Carey. Gross. Yeah. Move on. Number eight, What's the Story? <laughs> Morning Glory by Oasis. Uh, All Eyes on Me by Tupac at number nine. Uh, ooh, the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack is at number 10. None of this matters until you get to number 16. Yeah, what have we, ooh, what have we got there? Which is Bad Hair Day by Weird Al. This one has gang, or, uh, yeah, um, not Gangster's Paradise, Amish Paradise, as well as Gump, which Chris didn't know until I sang to him. You knew a surprising amount of those lyrics. I used to listen to a lot of Weird Al. And, uh, I think we're all better for it. At number 17, we have Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by the Smashing Pumpkins. There was some band this last year that pull, pulled a, or that put out an album called Melancholy and the Infinite Radness. Pretty good. I'm really jealous I didn't think of that name. Pretty good. But I've decided to take it one step further 
And if I ever release an album, I'm thinking Border Collie and the Fionite Gladness. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Let's uh, let's just talk about number 22, Tragic Kingdom, I No Doubt, and just end it there. End it there. All right. Let's, uh, we just won't speak. Yeah, that's it. Um, let's, uh, let's dive into the 90s spotlight. So this one, this is something I've actually been thinking about a lot lately. So if I try and avoid Walmart at all costs, however, in the search for, what was it? The caramel chocolate? What was it? Salted caramel chocolate? Salted caramel, uh, chocolate chip cookies. Oh my God. They're fucking delicious. So we're at Walmart looking for those. And then we went off looking for something else and we walked by the, the photo area. Booth? It's, just a, it's, a, it's like a booth now, right? It's like a small section of the electronic section, Computer a small screen. offshoot of it. Well, there's the, there's photo printing kiosks that you can plug your flash drives into or SD cards yep. and then camera accessories like SD cards, batteries, tripods, and a few digital cameras. And this got us both thinking about actual film processing. And I'm sure there's still places that do it. But, but not Walmart. It's not like, yeah, yeah not when Walmart. Not like it was. Our Walmart moved in Niagara Falls uh, from the one location to a bigger superstore around five, six years ago. Oh, I think it's older than that, but regardless mm-hmm. yeah not and far off. what didn't come with it was the, the photo auto center or the auto place as well oh that's true i forgot yeah. about that but more importantly the photo center i mean the photo center in its former glory with the film processing and the and like, dark room and it's so, actual equipment it's so weird because i remember the walmart before it had the photo center and mm-hmm. then they when they put it in and now it is extinct so there was a lot about taking photos in the 90s that we just don't have anymore there were not printing photos like I remember it being a, like a sitcom joke that, oh, I processed this set of film, but I forgot that they were those pictures. Well, I mean, yeah, we have uh, The Art of Seduction yeah, in Seinfeld, where George gets the uh, the racy picture of um, the photo lady that he's infatuated with and then decides to bring something back with the art of seduction yeah yeah that was classic uh and there's yeah so many little tropes when it came to like one hour photo and just basically photo places in general which don't exist anymore uh the the, and the idea of disposable cameras and just the kind of you had to be more careful when it came to photography back then in so many ways we can take a hundred selfies and delete the ones we don't like keep the ones we do yeah, a roll of film was 24, 12, 18, 24, yeah. maybe 36 film things, exposures. Pictures, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like when we went to Quebec in grade eight, I brought a disposable camera. I think I actually had two. It was like two for 20 bucks. But oh, yeah. like you were paying $20 for 48 pictures. Yeah. When I went to Camp Ohanoan in grade eight, same idea. I had a disposable camera or no, I had a, you know, a really cheap point and shoot camera that couldn't yeah. have cost more than 20, $30. And a five ten dollar roll of film. Like that's a whole aspect of life for the common person that is entirely gone. Like having to make that trip to get your photos done and having to go and pick them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's now you rarely get them processed. You just look at them online, post yeah. them online, and yeah, like now we just you buy an SD card once and you use it for usually at least the life of that camera. Yeah, like there are no photo albums anymore. No one pulls out the album to show you pictures some unless they're pictures do. from the nineties. Yeah, so, I mean, some people probably still religiously print out photos, but oh, I'm I think sure. not in the same way that everyone had some kind of either a photo album or if you were more like me, just the little the little 
envelope that you got from Walmart. Yeah, I had the same thing. Yeah, you just kept the photos in there. Yeah. And then just rummaged them in there because albums albums weren't cheap. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. How about, how about that? All right. Moving on to our sponsorship segment. Every week on the show, we bring you a sponsor. Sometimes, like last week, the toy store in Austin, or the, sorry, the toy museum in Austin. I really want to go there. Super want to go there. We're actually talking about taking a trip to Texas, and we would incorporate that if we go. Oh, yeah. I mean, fuck, what? Like South by Southwest, uh, Austin City Limits. There's so many good things in there. Food. We've barbecue. talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. mostly barbecue, really. Um, so this week, we are back to our old ways, bringing you a sponsor that isn't uh, necessarily a sponsor of the show, but is definitely a sponsor of the show. I mean, they could hook us some money in very creative and outdated ways. This week is brought to you by credit card swipe contraptions, which are actually called imprinters. So in my mind, the key scene, the key memory from the 90s is uh, Night of the Roxbury, mm. where he keeps calling in uh, to the credit vixen and swiping the card and it's not working. So he has to check and confirm it. Yeah, that was that was something I, I just I remember these things very fondly. I was both very excited and a little nervous to one day be in a position where I would have my own credit card and potentially have it go through one of these little swipey imprinty things. The thing that uh, pushed the credit card through the carbon paper to make an imprint of the numbers, I guess. Yep. And I thought was one of the coolest things ever. Uh, My key scene, the key memory I have of this is in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York when Kevin checks into the Plaza Hotel. Wow, it worked. <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, because that's how that basically summed up how I felt. Anytime that I saw one of these things be used, and I don't know, just that this clanking back and forth of this contraption over a plastic card could be an exchange of money. It feels very 90s. It does. Well, and like that's the, when it died. It was yeah. around before that. I mean, yeah, just the the trust associated with it, the leap of faith almost that you had to do that doesn't exist nowadays the idea that the payment can't be verified in some way uh it's just it's just not there i did some googling and there's a website that sells these uh and one of the one of the taglines behind it was you know never be unprepared in the event of an emergency and they were talking about having one of these imprinters in case of like a natural disaster where for some reason you super have to sell whatever it is that you're selling yeah, I assume Pogs. Probably Pogs. Yeah. Um, I so actually got to use one of these. A Pog? No. Well, uh, yes. No, I was very good at Pogs. Um, but no, I actually got to use one of their credit card swipers. I was working at, this is in high school, I worked at a pizza joint, and our, our whole system went down. We are in the middle of selling a couple pizzas to like a family, and we swiped the card and I had to punch it into uh, the debit terminal when it came online like an hour and a half later. Crazy time. So we would love to just give a huge shout out to these credit card imprinters for just being uh, just an awesome piece of machinery and 90s technology. And I miss you guys. I miss you. They were very big, very bulky. I do not miss them. I mean, they're kind of neat. Though. Yeah, they're neat as fuck, they're but they would have been such an inconvenience. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right. So uh, you can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com. Email us if you'd like to be a $10 sponsor. We are more than happy to have you, probably. Stuckinthe90spodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. You can find us on Instagram where we have been posting 
pretty well every day. We're getting there. Uh, our Instagram is stuck in the nineties podcast. You can find us on Twitter as well. We post to both. The Twitter is SIT nineties. I've noticed that the Instagram is a lot more popular than the Twitter. I, I think picture, uh, pictures work better on Instagram. Yeah, I agree. And Instagram's just easier to like, I don't use Twitter, but I like checking Instagram. Yeah, it's, 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 I like checking Instagram, but not when I'm on using my data. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Wi-Fi only. Oh yeah. Um, what else is there? Instagram, Twitter. You guys run, know how to get on the Facebook page. We're everywhere. Yeah, just send us a message. Call us, beep us if you want to reach us. Oh my God, we should get faxes and cell phone or uh, pagers. Oh, pagers. Yeah. Do you guys want to page us? Because we uh, should set up a pager network. Yeah. Oh, throw it back. Yeah. There's a couple new segments that we might uh, that we might introduce in the future. Um, we're going to talk about it a little bit more before we even bring that up. This is just uh, a little, a little hint, a little, little bit of, little bit of salt. Oh my God! So Chris just did the salt bay motion of sprinkling salt down his arm. I that I guy shouldn't. is inexplicable. Yeah. Anyway, uh, for now, the podcast is, is now, now over. over. Oh, we need to talk about what we're doing next week. 93, Shit. I think. I even wrote it down, too. I can't believe we just did that. Next week, we are doing April 23rd to 29th, 1993. All right, so guys. And now, for real, this time, the, the podcast, podcast is, is now over. over. Actually. Actually, for sure, though. Yeah. You should keep all of that. Probably well, that's will. the plan. Yeah. We should even keep this part. Oh. <laughs> In this one. Yeah.